0: Hi guys, this is Doug Fletcher. Welcome back to What's the Hazard? Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. It is Friday, February fifth. Uh, it is three in the afternoon here in Omaha, Nebraska, which is kind of a late start for us. Cody, we That's, would no, we would normally be doing this about nine or ten in the morning, and we would be sharp and on our game. So this is uh, <laughs> you're
1: going to get us at our worst. <laughs> right.
0: Friday afternoon is usually the peak of distraction. Yep, and, and from a safety standpoint, that's an interesting conversation we could have sometime. That is the quality, and everything's going to be down on the. <laughs> yeah, side. man, Friday afternoons go right into the shitter. So, um, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it, and um, I hope you had a good week. Uh, we had a pretty good week, and I know. But I mean, I know some of you had some challenges and struggles this week. So I hope we can give you some information that'll be useful to you. And for those of you that are listening for the first time, and uh, perhaps are maybe new to this safety thing. We've got a really interesting topic today. So first of all, I'd like to thank my sponsors as always, CCS Group, Custom Concrete Specialists, Cheyenne, Josh, and all the folks at CCS. Thank you, guys. Your support is much appreciated. The Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, Jim Cover, and all the consultants down in uh, Lincoln, I guess all over the state. Thank you, Jim. My guest is Cody Hoover, the safety and health manager, whatever the hell your title is, It's a title. Jack Links. (laughs) Jack Links. So you've kind of a a number of facilities under you now, though. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: it's expanded uh, quite a bit, and so... um, It used to just be DCs, now I'm traveling to a few other plants right now, weekly, so... Good, man. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, I'm glad
0: to hear that, that's good. That's good, spreading the message. Yeah, yep, yep, something's working with us, so we got to spread the wealth. That's awesome. Well, this is really an interesting topic. We're going to be talking about metrics, measurements, how how we actually quantify our safety and health programs, and I think that's a fascinating subject. Um... You know That was something that we did in OSHA, of course. We, well, we quantified performance. We measured performance, at least to the extent that we could. But mm-hmm. I'm going to start things off. I've been reading a little bit about the subject just so that I can stay up with you because I know you do this a lot. You think <laughs> yep. about this a lot. I'm going to read you a quote uh, that I found really interesting, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, and sure. then you can just give us kind of a background on mm-hmm. safety metrics and what you guys are doing, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, So this comes from, this is Plato, and this is interesting because, you know, I have a son that's a philosophy major, so every time I quote Plato, he thinks that I'm actually with it, you know, so. Plato suggests that human behavior flows from three main sources, desire, emotion, and knowledge. Knowledge can be increased with study. Um, Emotions and desires are a little bit more fickle, um, but one thing remains true, incentives, are the cornerstone of modern life. And this was said by, this is a quote from Stephen Levitt and Stephen Dubner, I think, uh, the authors of Freakonomics. I don't know if you've ever read that book. A really interesting Mm -hmm. book. I read it many years ago. Um, Kind of an economics, uh, current events. It was really interesting. But they went on to say, understanding these incentives or often deciphering them is the key to understanding a problem and how it might be solved, knowing what to measure and how to measure it can make a complicated world less so. And I think when we talk about safety metrics, man, that is exactly what we're talking about. How do you incentivize behaviors that you desire to get this end result? I mean, what, is, what are we measuring? So I'm going to just throw that out to you, man. And, uh yeah, that, go with it. I that's mean, it's a, a
1: huge. That's a great. Uh, that's a great quote, and isn't it? that's perfect. That's kind of hits the uh, nail on the head right there. That's what we're trying to achieve as safety people, and so with metrics, um, what what can we use that's going to be valued, um, and so that things that we can use to help better and and um, uh, prevent injuries from moving forward, and so we've all heard about lagging and leading indicators, or at least hopefully a lot yeah. of us do. And, and so that's what, those are the type of metrics that we're going to go off of on our KPIs our key performing,
0: um, 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 key performance indicators, Yeah, those, indicators. Those, yeah. Yep, sorry. Did, no, yeah.
1: Man. Um, and so lagging is, you know, looking at incidents, things that happen to your TIR, all that information. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to incentivize that, right? Cause you can't incentivize exactly. no injuries. That's exactly right. So what do we need to be doing? And, um, so lagging indicators is the first one that I, I always, um, talk about because these are the past. This is, this is the history of the company. So if I come to a new company, the first thing I ask for is I want to see your incident log. And I also want to see your OSHA 300 log, Mm -hmm. because what this is going to be telling me is where I need to be focusing on. Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to, hopefully they have a very good incident program, um, where they were reporting it to um, to not just a safety person, but that information was being fed throughout the entire facility. Um, oftentimes, there's companies that don't do that, so they don't have that. So you're just going off the OSHA 300 log, which is okay. And so what we do is we look at the injury type. We look at if there's any lost time, the location where it's at. We want to get a little bit granular. Was this a newer employee? Was this an older employee? Um, all that information, because that really helps kind of set where we need to focus on. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of new people, when they get into their facilities, they want to look at compliance. Well, let me look at these programs first, or let me do these compliance walkthroughs. That's great, but if you really want to make effective change quickly, you need to look at what's causing those injuries and then building out programs around it to really help uh, help drive that down. Exactly, exactly. Uh, that's, what we, that's what we're doing on the, on the KPI for uh, lagging indicators is we look at incidents and we look at TIR, but that's just uh, an idea for where we need to and focus And so TIR,
0: on. total incident rate? Yep. I mean, for those that are absolutely new to this world? hmm Right, right. But those are the indicators that we have traditionally kept, those lagging, you know, the things that have already occurred. We had a fatality. We've had injuries. And, you know, that information is useful. Yeah, but there's a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, particularly if you're trying to drive some kind of behavior,
1: right? So at least the, the nice thing about the lagging indicators, from my perspective, is that it's at least giving you guidance as to where you need to go. So if I know like the pack room is causing a lot of ergo mm-hmm. issues, right. I know I need to focus my er- like ergonomics into that area, and I need to just look at this, observe it, to identify where these are or what what they're doing right now that's increasing that risk. And so this this will then lead us into the leading indicator part. And the leading indicators is just kind of forecasting what we think is going to happen using the lagging indicators as a guidance. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of using both of these two together um, and not just solely just basing everything off of lagging indicators and saying, yep, well, the you know, these are causing this issue here. So we need to focus on this. We can. We know this, and now we need to start gearing and lur- looking towards the leading indicator part to forecast mm-hmm. what's actually going to exactly. happen.
0: Yeah, man. I, I've heard them referred to as proactive and reactive, yep. leading and lagging, trailing, or, I mean, whatever you want to say. But some of them are historical, yep. and others are more predictive or whatever other word you would use for yeah. that, man, you know, just activity-based, things that you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But again, incentivizing, I mean, it's hard to incentivize someone to, you know, working safely by saying, well, we had 24 recordables last quarter. I'm not sure that, you know, I'm not sure that drives home the message that, or at least modifies the behavior the way that we want to.
1: Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, I don't think that people are intentionally trying to go out there and injure themselves. I would, I would say that that's very small percentage of people that would be doing that. So um, how do you incentivize better behavior, better um, decision-making skills? And a lot of it's going to be um, creating these leading indicators and then sustaining them in a, in a way that is that is continuous for and easy for a safety person to follow and, and, and to do. So um, the leading indicators that we do at, at Jack Links is we do a behavioral-based safety observation. Okay. And so we use what we can see on our lagging indicators and we focus solely on those particular things so use that Pareto data if it's if you know if it's 20% of the issue causing or 20% of our, our efforts causing you know 80% of the result like that okay we need to we need to refocus right. that you know we need to focus 80% on what's
0: causing mm-hmm. 80% of the issue right so so let's get to that point that's that's an interesting point man and you've and you've been touching on this but that OSHA 300 log is not just intended to be a pain in your ass right right I mean this for those that understand its utility, this is a really useful tool. Yeah, I mean, it is driving your attention to certain areas or certain activities, or perhaps even, unfortunately, certain individuals. Maybe, and maybe mm-hmm. that's not even appropriate, but it gives you um, clues. Yeah, where you should be focusing some attention. So mm-hmm. it should be used that way.
1: I always, I always say like lagging indicators are. I'm going to go back to lagging indicators, but it's like a map, and so like in Omaha area. Um, If you have the OSHA 300 log, that's like having the big like I-80, the bigger roads. Mm -hmm. Um, So you kind of have an idea of where you're at. And then using the incidents, um, we're tracking all the incidents that occurred are the side streets. And so then you have a better idea Mm -hmm. as to where you need to be going. Right. But at least having one of the two to go off is going to help you um, go right, transfer right into the leading indicators. So,
0: yeah, get back to that. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, yeah, what what are you guys using for leading indicators? What is it that you're... So we're doing a
1: behavioral-based safety observation. So we're looking solely on behavior, and we're looking at things that we are are known to cause uh, incidents so our our secondary manufacturing ergonomics is a big one so most of our our um, questions are geared towards ergonomics and 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 proper lifting techniques and and rotation we're asking about rotation and stretches and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff uh, we have the dc side of things where our focus is going to be on piv mm-hmm. because we know that that's our biggest hazard right there so
0: Break those acronyms down for everybody. DC is a distribution center. Yeah, sorry,
1: distribution center. PIV is a power industrial vehicle. You can yep. hear PIT power yep. industrial truck. Um, and so, because because we have um, a lot of equipment on this DC side, the distribution side, we're not so worried about the ergonomic side of things. We're worried more about the 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 safe driving of the right. power industrial vehicles, the PIVs. Right. And so that's where you have to start tailoring those sort of behavior observations to what makes sense. Sure. Um, what we saw, what we often see with those, is that they would look at um, look at exit signs, look at fire extinguishers, stuff that really is just fluff. Questions mm-hmm. like just just focus on the things that really matter. Do yeah. not focus on the stuff that is just fluff. Right. right? So
0: well, that's man, that's that checklist based approach to yeah. safety you know i've got 20 items that we've put together or i pulled off of some checklist somewhere and i'm going through fire extinguisher is present and charged check mm-hmm. you know egress door is you know accessible and cl- check i mean those are fine mm-hmm. i mean that, that that is compliance and that that's important mm-hmm. but it doesn't speak to those incidents that right. you identified on that 300 law. Yeah, the compliance
1: law. doesn't stop the the unsafe behavior. Right, right? So exactly. compliance is for us to be able to identify, and we should be seeing those every day. And we can build programs around that, and that's really easy to do. But the hard thing is to, to identify, um, you know, behavior that we find that is unsafe and then try to fix that. And mm-hmm. so – what we then do is with these, with these observations is we track the trends. How much are our supervisors and leads are required to put down what they're observing? They have to coach to it. So if we start seeing, well, we're seeing a lot of twisting in these areas. Now we have an idea. Okay, so twisting of the back. Okay, is it going to be in this particular spot? So now we're going to focus on that group. We're going we're gonna to start talking to the importance of why we don't want to be twisting in these sort of areas it gives us an uh, uh, some sort of, um, or at least gives us an idea of how we can we can handle these situations through first mm-hmm. off huddle topics, through uh, more one on one engagements, and then if it still keeps coming up, then we can look into more uh, long term solutions. But okay. we usually have a containment plan to at least identify and try to stem it, and let them know that hey, we're we're seeing this too, so you guys need gotcha. to kind of knock it off.
0: So okay, so from so from those observations you are compiling these risk factors that you identify, and then yep. you can either develop some further training to that, or you can even modify procedures or whatever might be necessary to address those deviations that you're seeing. In exactly. Those That's yep. cool.
1: Yep. And we, we usually have like a top, th- we, we know about the top three incidents in our facility. So it's, it's, ergonomics, it's slip trips, falls, it's laceration. So, but but the majority of those questions are based on ergonomics and then some slip trip falls and some laceration. So we try to capture as much as we possibly can for the things that we know that are causing or have caused recordable injuries and or incidents in the past. Okay. So once again, relying on those lagging indicators to really help uh, focus you on where we need to be looking at. Right, right. Okay. I like that. Yep. And so, yeah, do the observation but do the trends and then do the follow through. I feel like a lot of safety people have the intent of the observations and then they stop there and then nothing happens with it. And so you have to find the, get the observations, track the trends and then close that circle again by coming up with some sort of plan to uh, mitigate those sort of uh, behaviors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Um, number two, and then and these leading indicators as part of our KPI, our, our observations is part of the KPI for not only uh, myself, but for the other supervisors and management of those departments to to okay. hold. So they they have to have a certain amount of observations. And now the observations is not just a pencil whip; they have to be quality driven, and we get to determine whether they're quality or not. Okay. So if it's a one minute observation with no comments, sorry, you're yeah. you're going to have right. to go back right. and redo right. it. So okay. the incentive is we want them to. Uh, the, there's a there's a bonus incentive on that for for the team members on the floor, and so that hopefully gives them a little bit more motivation, and okay. al- and also the safety of the the people. As sure, well.
0: but that's interesting. So that is part of the incentive. Then there is incentive built into mm-hmm. the the um, the the conduct of the observations, right. the participation in observations mm-hmm. for the guys on the floor, the guys yep. and gals out on the floor, and those yep. kind of things. Okay, yep. that's cool.
1: Yep. So that's one of our leading indicators that uh, that we're doing currently here. Um, we do safety walks, um, not compliance walks. Those are two separate things, right? So, um, I think when people think safety walks, we're looking at racking, we're looking at, um, pallets and all that kind of stuff. We're actually just looking at people. We're looking, and this is from the, the safety person's perspective. And we go, when we talk to a handful of team members and we write down, Hey, what's going on? I see you're doing this. And then we take all that feedback out and we send it out to our, our management team or leadership team that say, this is what we're seeing and this is what was identified or this is what was said to us about these sort of things. And, then, and so then we, once again, we take that another step and we send it out to the supervisor saying, hey, can you really uh, identify or uh, bring this up in your huddles because it, it does validate that person's concerns or issues that we were um, uh, uh, looking at. And so that they know that, hey, this is actually being talked about, not just through the safety person, but everybody's been, um, been notified of this issue. Nice. And so that's another thing. So people tend to open up a lot yeah. more when they see that
0: there's a lot of trust that you're building. Up oh, with without them. the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love that you made that distinction between safety walks and compliance mm-hmm. walks or audits. Yeah. Because they're completely different.
1: Completely different. I love that. Yeah. Good. Okay. And we're focusing once again on the safety of people and, and we the compliance part, like you and I talked about many times, that's, that's a separate thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's cool. Um, Next one is, I'm going to say this, but I, I don't really mean near misses. And I say near, like I don't want, really want to use this term is because near miss is loosely used. Find me a person who has the perfect near miss program and they could probably quit their job and sell that because it's it's really hard to yeah, hard. push. I've, I've never really, maybe it's just me. Uh, I've never really seen one successful. I, they, I've i seen the intent of them. Um, and I, I just, it's very confusing what constitutes a near miss, um, what type of investigation, do we treat it? Because to me a near miss is almost like a lagging indicator because it's still an event that occurred mm-hmm. and that you would still want to put controls in place. Um, so it kind of, it's kind of confusing. So we do an unsafe act in unsafe conditions. And I think uh, there's, there's people who do that one mm-hmm. instead. Um, just a one simple paper. It could be sick on the ground. Sweet. You're going to get uh, what we call a squatch card. And then you're also going to be, uh, put in a drawing for um, a gift card
0: for reporting those things or for
1: addressing those. And the reason why is because we know that if you have one unsafe condition or one safe act, the risk of anything happening is low. When you marry those two together with an unsafe act and unsafe condition, the risk then increases. So if I have a stick on the ground and I'm running or not, or I'm looking at my cell phone, the risk increases. Now Mm -hmm. if we take away one of those, the risk is still low um, if I have two unsafe acts, the the risk increases. If I have two unsafe conditions, the risk increases. So it's I, for them to identify those unsafe conditions or unsafe uh, acts, letting us know so we know how to take care of those. And yeah. so we you have to be consistent with this. You have to be on top of this. You can't just let these pile up for 30 days and say, oh, I need to go check these. Every single day you have to check these. And so... Uh, we want to reward that sort of behavior, even if it's a stick on the ground, because somebody has at some point tripped over one of those sticks mm-hmm. on the ground, mm-hmm. oh, no doubt. And yeah. so, and that could have been a really minor incident, or that could have been a, a more serious incident. And so, I feel like, I feel like an, a, an unsafe act, an unsafe condition, are is is the bubble before you hit
0: the near miss mm-hmm. and incident piece mm-hmm. to that. And so, how do you how do you encourage the employees to either address those things themselves? Or uh, report those things. How do, how do you get them to do that?
1: We have so we have the, the so anytime they participate in any of our engagements, they get a Squatch card, and then they also get their name put in for drawings for uh, gift cards. Okay. And so and and when they see this continuously um, happening, they um, they will always um, they will always uh, join into that engagement. So okay. we have a questions of the week mm-hmm. that we use um, as part of another way to streamline more information to them. Mm-hmm. And we have about 80% compliance on that. Nice. Wow, that's huge. Uh, and just for doing gift cards, and we've been consistent with it. And mm-hmm. we add some of those questions. So if we're seeing a lot of, uns- maybe we're seeing team members who are running up the, uh, up the stairs. Uh, we would address that then appropriately in one of those questions. Why is it unsafe? Something so simple doesn't cost a lot. They're already mm-hmm. participating in this engagement piece, the question of the week. So we'll add it to that. So once again, streamline more information to them in a more voluntary way. So then they understand, they can connect the dots a little bit easier instead of saying, well, Cody said not to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, but then there's also a reward, you know, and and so there's multiple people that have won multiple times. They mm-hmm. they enjoy it. So uh, we always say, keep them coming. Uh, there's nothing that's insignificant that we wouldn't use as a unsafe condition or unsafe act because that's their perception of what it is. So Absolutely. Um, And that seems I like that. That, That's really
0: incredible participation,
1: man. 80%. That's Mm -hmm. that's really good. Yeah, I think that the the big fall off is if we don't address it. (laughs) You know, I I think that's one of our biggest issues is if we, we start something really complex, and we don't finish it, we're making this is a very simple process. For them, yeah. and then we stay consistent with it. Yeah, them. I like that. So if you're, yeah, if you're doing anything as far as a leading indicators initiative, this is one I would scrap the near miss terminology and go right into this
0: mm-hmm. because near misses I would treat almost like an incident. I, I agree with you completely. It, it's something that happened. It yeah. occurred. The fact that we didn't have a bad outcome is fortunate. Yeah, but it doesn't change the fact that the conditions and behaviors led to that occurrence. Mm-hmm. So it is something that's lagging. Yeah, and you would still want to investigate. I totally s-
1: agree because. You know, everyone said, well, what am I supposed to do? Do an investigation on a stick on the ground? And I I think that's where the terminology got really Mm -hmm. messed up Mm was those are unsafe conditions, not Mm -hmm. a near miss. Right. And that can lead up to a near miss. But let's address it and and
0: get rid of it. Right. So that way it's not an issue. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because something led to that stick being on the ground. Exactly. I mean, something led us to that point. And so there may be something that can be done to eliminate that or address that. Mm-hmm. And if we just ignored that, we, yeah. we would never really uncover that yeah. that circumstance. Yeah. That's it's good, man. Yeah,
1: it's, it's just, yeah, it's more eyes um, out on the floor. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a small incentive. It doesn't cost us too much. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's costing us like, I think, $500 a month overall with all of our oh, engagement pieces, that's, yeah. which is nothing. So. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. Um, the next thing that we do is pre-job JHAs, and I actually got this one from a podcast from listening to you. So, <laughs> are you
0: kidding me? Yeah, no, this, this,
1: this works and it, it has worked. So, you know, looking at our lagging indicators of incidents that are popping up, and they're going to pop up. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's just how it is. You can't just um, eliminate all incidents being reported. But these the we're we're if you're starting to see a trend of a specific spot, a specific department, maybe there's a lot more or there's newer team members there, then I would encourage people doing a pre-job JHA every single day for the start shift. And, and you go over the process, you go over the hazards, you go over the controls. So for instance, we have a partner line where we have dumpers at the back end and the policy or the process is, is that the person who's controlling the dumper, they have to go out and physically check to make sure no behind there. And they have to yell that they're dumping and, Sometimes team members forget, mm-hmm. and so every day now this gets brought up in the pre-JHA. So there, there is no mm-hmm. "Hey, I forgot." Mm-hmm. This is an expectation, and so once this is part of their huddle topics um, for the, from the line captains um, uh, when they get to their lines. So we're not adding any more to that. We're just. This is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Things that are
0: being and like, so do you do a huddle every morning, every morning. The shift? Yeah, well, that in and of itself is kind of a leading indicator. Leading indicator, it is, isn't Yeah, it? man, that's good. You're I right
1: because like we're taking all the information from observations mm-hmm. from our safety walks. We're doing pre JHAs, and that's all getting filtered in through the huddle right I love there. It. And it costs us free fifty because it's already built into the the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love. that. I know management loves that too, and that you know,
0: <laughs> I'm sure because. Um, you you are building a, a discipline. Mm-hmm. You are establishing discipline. This mm-hmm. this routine. This yep. habit formation, right? I mean, we we were talking about this earlier. Um, Aaron Serrone and I were talking about discipline versus motivation, mm-hmm. and how motivation can be incredibly fleeting, and it's based on kind of this excitement, which is temporary. But discipline is just this this routine that we do, you know, and we you know mm-hmm. it, it becomes part of our existence it's yeah. not something that we would you know it's just part of our day it's like yeah. breathing getting dressed mm-hmm. putting our, a seatbelt. belt or huddle put on our seatbelt. all of those things and I, I really like that man yeah
1: and that's that's something that i learned from the podcast that good. we we tried out and it worked good i'm know? so glad to hear yeah. that yeah and so we don't do this for every single um um area we just do it for areas that we start seeing a lot of issues Mm-hmm. And so you can use your leading indicators also mm-hmm. to say, okay, so hey, this is a reminder again today if we need to start doing these pre-JHAs because of we're seeing these things, and mm-hmm. yeah, let's do it. That's so great. yeah, you're using all these leading indicators to really help. Interesting. Um, another one that we do as part, of, which is kind of part of observations but separate, we do retention training um, is a verification, and so we a leading indicator or a, a KPI is training. You know, we want to do training. Right. I, right. I'm going to train Doug. We're going to train uh, you to do this, um, and then we train you over safety. And then we we're like, "All right, see you later. See you next month." And the problem with that is we don't know if you actually grasp anything. Right. And we do still like there's still some questions on the thing. But how much did you actually grasp? And so we go out to the floor and we we ask a series of questions from the previous um, monthly training, and then we we uh, we we score it out. We say like, "Yep, we." one time we had a um, 46% (laughs) retention and that's a lot of money considering how many people we have, how much, how long that, that training class was. So that's not a very good number to for, for, you know, that's a lot of wasteful time to Mm -hmm. move team members off of the floor, not productive to for 30 minutes not even retain this was probably hr training i would imagine no no this was safety <laughs> oh, training this was oh, safety man. training <laughs> okay and so and i would say i mean and so it's up to us and it gives us an idea of okay so we need to do more to help get get yeah. them engaged and so yeah, that's yeah. where the questions of the week came into place nice and so and and wh- now the retention is is a lot better it's around 80 some percent so very good which is what we would consider passing so um, you do that by, you, you, we just have to, once again, be creative on how do we want to give this information to, to our team members and how can we incentivize them to engage with us,
0: mm-hmm. you know? And so how do you incentivize them to pay attention in training or participate in training or, I mean, is there a way to do that other than? I don't think the training part.
1: For us, um, we do questions of the week. We do other engagement pieces mm-hmm. on the same topic. Okay. And and, ho- and that seems to, to resonate better with them than just sitting down. Now, some people can who's been doing these training classes, yeah, I understand it. The newer t- uh, team members, they probably need a little bit more uh, information. Okay. Maybe they don't learn through a classroom, but they learn from just, you know, Googling something and, and filling out a questions of the week. So, right, it's just, yeah, nothing but- too crazy.
0: No, but I mean, just just the the realization that everybody is going to learn this stuff somewhat differently. So you're utilizing a number of different mm-hmm. um, vehicles to get them that information. Yep, I I think that's really key mm-hmm. because I think we've it's well understood that um, just sitting people down in a classroom and lecturing to them might be effective for a small percentage of those people, but but certainly not for everybody. Mm-hmm but that's what we've traditionally done. Yeah. It's a
1: KPI that is, uh, is overlooked. And once again, makes safety kind of seem very less important because we're just checking a box and saying, yep, we mm-hmm. did the training. We mm-hmm. did the observations. I would always challenge our safety people to go a little bit deeper and say, if those are your KPIs is observations and training, then t- we need to see quality driven. Not, mm-hmm. we don't need to quantify the number. That's great. That's great for them. We, uh, how we measure our success as safety people is how well did we do with observations and how well did we do with the training? Cause these yeah. are going to be the, what's really going to help drive yeah. change. That's interesting, but you're right. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. Um, another thing that we do for leading indicators. So we talked a lot about the 80, 20 rule and we are focusing a lot on the 80%. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but so we're, what's, what's the 20% and the 20% is usually the things that can occur and they're very big, um, fatality driven okay. serious and so we yep. call them SIFPs. i'm sure you've heard of that yep, yep. yep. so um our SIFPs peas are are another thing that we look at and we try to build controls around so we always want to focus on what's injuring the team member or employee right then and there but also we want to respect the fact that there are other things that people do throughout the day like working at heights driving operating pivs um lockout tag out permit require confined space that we want to make sure that we have appropriate controls built around to mitigate that risk as best we possibly can. So, um, without having to go through observations and try to catch them when, when they're doing this, we need to need to be able to identify where those SIPPs are, which is serious injury, fatality potentials, and then start building controls around that. And not not just a program, but like appropriate, easy to follow controls. Right. Yep. And so then, then you you. Will hopefully make or at least capture ninety nine percent, and there is going to be those one offs that somebody, like for instance, at at um, our place last year, he he scratched his eye with with a piece of paper mm. and went to the <laughs> I, I you can't what you can don't you have do? a program for that. No, we we you don't have a program for that. So he said yeah. he was flipping up the paper really fast, which I am like, I don't even know how you would <laughs> do that. So right. so um, and those are yeah. that that stuff like that happens, but I feel like with with yeah. you, yeah, you know, taking charge of those lagging and leading indicators, focusing a lot on there, focusing on your sift piece, you can at least capture ninety nine percent of the issues ahead of
0: time mm-hmm. before they become issues. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you distinguish those too, because so many of the actual the issues that hurt our employees on a day to day basis are those ones that aren't necessarily well captured in a mm-hmm. program or in some OSHA regulation. They're right. not driven by that, you know. So those behavioral things and those um, just the awareness things, being aware of certain risk factors that they may or may not even uh, understand. Right. Um, and, and then those catastrophic things are kind of a, a second category. mm mm-hmm. and, and I think we've had this conversation, I'm sure, but when you manage a safety program, you know, I mean this, and I'm going to refer to it as a working safely program, because, I, I, you know, I'd like to see this dichotomy change. You know, we think about safety program as just like something separate, which it isn't. It just has to be built into what we do. hmm Um, but there is this, you know, there's, there's the compliance piece that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's necessary. There's what's our day to day, what's hurting our employees piece that we, what you've just described addressing. And then there is that, you know, kind of that combination of like preventive maintenance and catastrophic, you know, potential that we have to address Mm -hmm. certainly, whether that be PSM or whether it be a lockout, you know, control of hazardous energy type of a program, something like that. Yep. So it is multifaceted. You can't just focus on one. And if you do, you're going to fail. Right. Ultimately. So those those are really good, man. Yeah. Because when I'm thinking about leading indicators, because when, you know, OSHA has, they just dabbled in that at one time, which I thought was just well-intended perhaps, but really weak. Not executed very well. Not executed very well. (laughs) But they were talking about more incentive programs and they did not want you to incentivize not having injuries. Because they were afraid that that would quash reporting, right? If mm-hmm. if I'm going to give you a you know a bonus or some kind of a a mon, you know a gift card or something at the end of the month because you've not had any injuries, well, there is a possibility that you won't tell me mm-hmm. if you have an injury. So OSHA's position on that was, well, let's let's um, let's measure the. Proactive things like, well, we completed all of our training and we did X number of inspections or site audits and those other things, those exactly. activity based things that we want to encourage and maybe better to incentivize, you know. But what you are doing is so much deeper than that because you are drilling down into those actual um, potentials, those mm-hmm. hazards in your work environment. This is way beyond what I was even thinking you were going to talk about. Man. Sorry, so, no, no, it's good. It's good because um, we, we, I'm a pretty superficial baseline, superficial guy. <laughs> Thirty thousand so. foot views, exactly. Sort of so that's really interesting to me, and I like the way that they all kind of uh, intertwine. Yeah, yeah, you I know, think they build off each other.
1: What, what I've noticed with a lot of safety people, um, because there's there's quite a bit in the Jack Link's world, and you know, with working at Hornaday and Warren and all them, um, they focus a lot on the SIFP. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not the actual other issues. So it's the inverse. So right. they're focusing eighty percent of their effort. That's causing twenty percent of the outcome. Right.
0: If that much.
1: Yeah. And so and so you just need that they need to flip that. And once they flip that, then it'll start making sense. And then they say, "This is how you drive culture." Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's you need to focus on the injuries, then the CIF piece and then yeah. the compl- and then compliance part will all fall down underneath that. Yeah. So it makes so sense.
0: when you do you ever fear that when you shift your attention to some some more emergent issue or some more timely issue do you lose focus on other things that I mean is it a kind of a balancing act um because I have this in in the OSHA world we used to use metrics like everyone else you know but our metrics while I was with OSHA were things like you know how many inspections did we make how many citations did we issue you know what was the dollar amount of those citations what was our average you know average penalty how many willfuls? How many serious? I mean, it was, it was just so counterintuitive to me mm-hmm. to be measuring those things. We weren't measuring the impact we were having on the companies, right? You know, which is a much more difficult thing to measure. So we measure the easy stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But we would have this, like, all you know, every Monday morning we would have our planning meeting for the week, and the boss would say, "Well, our um, violations per inspection is too low." You know, meaning we weren't issuing enough citations. We weren't issuing, you know, we weren't finding enough violations on inspections. And so, you know what we did? We went out and issued more citations. I mean, it had really no, it had nothing to do with the reality of the work environments. We were just told, you know, our violations per inspection is too low, so get it up. Mm -hmm. And so, it's almost like squeezing a balloon. You know, the balloon is bulging over here. You squeeze it. And then it bulges over here, then you yeah. chase, and you squeeze it, and then you're just chasing this bulge around this balloon. I just thought this was ludicrous. That was how we worked, man. That's a
1: good analogy, and I guess to answer the question is, you know, the focus is always going to be on what what we're seeing on the leading and lagging indicator side. That's always going to be top priority. Uh, SIPPs are always going to be priority. And so not saying that there's not anything that emerges going to show up, but we know that. The, the DNA of that particular plant needs to be focused Function. on those areas. Yeah. And yeah, we, it's easy to, to, to focus on the the next best thing, but we try to keep things as simple as we possibly can and mm-hmm. not get too um, flustered when something does come up. Cause usually when you, when you're, when you're actually following a, a true leading lagging indicator, you know, KPI system on top of your SIFPs, there's really nothing that's going to mm-hmm. fluster you too much. Honestly, that's, that think that we can, we have to drop everything. So So how did did you
0: learn this stuff, man? I know you're a, you're a guy that's, that reads and researches Mm -hmm. and digs into the literature. And I've always respected that about you because many people don't, you know, I, I still interact with safety people all the time. And I'm like, well, have you read this standard? Have you even read this regulation? Well, no. I mean, it's scary, what? You know, I mean, at the very, you you must at least have an understanding of the regulations as we've discussed. That's not the end all, mm-hmm. but you need to know the regulations. Where do you, how have you learned about this stuff? Because I find this stuff very interesting mm-hmm. and I would love for people to have resources. Do you?
1: Yeah, um, one. So the regulation part, like you talked about, that was, which we talked about before my first, I think, podcast. That was how I learned how to, To Mm -hmm. be a safety person, and then
0: where you start, um, where we're
1: supposed to start, lagging and leading indicators, the metrics—that's from a bunch of just reading, and then. But they one thing that's really interesting with that is they don't tell you how to do it. They say Mm -hmm. what these are. I've never really seen them. How you can successfully promote these, Mm -hmm. and but what I did find out is it's a lot through consistency and simplicity. Mm And so, because we're, that. we don't need to, I don't need to impress or I need, I'm not doing this for my VP. I'm doing this for the people on the floor right. and we'll let the number speak for himself. I also have to, or I, I'm very gladly married to a woman who is a psychologist and a behavioralist. So, which a lot of this intertwines and I ask oh, her yeah. a lot of questions. Interesting. So there's a lot of behavioral stuff that we do now is from stuff that she's Taught me when we we're going on long road trips. Um, she, she taught me the—that's um, awesome. the velvet brick method. You know, she's like, you need to when you're writing programs up or when you have these expectations that you can go at, it at a soft approach, but you're it's firm that you're not going to budge. And mm-hmm. so that's how you need to approach. Um, she the taught velvet me the velvet brick. Yep, I love that. Which is a high relationship high accountability and safety people tend to have more high accountability and less relationship. It's mm-hmm. like, you need to have both of these wow. to balance these to make it work. Wow. That's so, absolutely true. Yeah. So talk to them at a, at a understanding level, not making something up. That's so crazy. Like, well, we're doing this because it's for your safety. They're, they're not dumb. They understand like it has to make, make sure it makes sense to them, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah. So a lot of reading, a lot of trial and error. What we, and this once again, this works for me, for the culture that we're working in. We mm-hmm. can go somewhere else where there's a lot of tenure employees and they might be like, go pound sand. Mm-hmm. But then you just have to figure out what's mm-hmm. going to work for them.
0: And uh, when you say work for them, what, what we're really talking about is incentivizing behavior, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yep. it, and I find this fascinating. I've been reading a lot more about incentivizing. You know, how do you create an environment Uh, a work attitude or atmosphere that incentivizes employees to not only work safely, but, you know, look out for their coworkers to pick up that stick Mm -hmm. you were talking about when they walk by it rather than just wait for somebody else to pick it up. I mean, this is what we're really trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. here. So I I like the idea of, you know, incentives like, um, I I love the the simple incentive, Mm -hmm. you know, a gift card for doing the right thing or for contributing, Mm -hmm. you know, because once you get that habit established, then I think, the gift card is less important mm-hmm. to them. What's important is the, that, you know, I've contributed. Yeah. I'm part of this team and I'm actually contributing something. You might be dangling, you know, the, the carrot initially to get them, you know, on the tracks. But I think once that's established, then that's a,
1: it's become so routine. Now I don't have all the que- like answers to that. I mean, I would love to get to where we can have employed employee, um, um, conflict that's resolved in a professional manner. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, we're just not there yet. Um, but we're, we're getting closer and, and I think it's so repetitious too. And, um, because a lot of their jobs is repetitious. And so nowadays, every Monday we send out the questions of the week, we already have a line of people waiting for that question. Really? And so it's, it's not, I mean, like you said, it's it's become, it's more than just a gift card. It's the participation, it's the camaraderie. It's, it's, um, and they don't realize, but they're learning mm-hmm. <laughs> more about the, Absolutely. whatever we need to talk about. So whatever we see, you know, whatever we see an issue, whether it's from our unsafe act, unsafe condition reports, whether it's from our safety walks, from training, we all can put that into that question of the week. It takes us zero money to effort to do that. And they participate. Mm-hmm. Our job is to keep it going consistency. Mm-hmm. Cause it, the right. moment that we stop doing it, the moment that they're just going like, yep, they're every other safety person, right? It's a uh, flavor of the week, and then it's not anymore. That, that's so right, man. You so. know,
0: that's so interesting. You say that because I was listening to uh, like a podcast, a, a YouTube podcast video, whatever, while I was driving. No video, no no video, just audio. <laughs> are, okay? are you sure? Yeah, I was, you know. But I was listening to um, Simon Sinek. I think is oh he's yeah, the yeah, motivational yeah. speaker, yeah. kind of a leadership guy, and he was talking about vision versus goal, you know, And a vision, what, what I understood a vision is like something where there's no specific end, you know, this is the vision for our company. And, mm-hmm. and from our world, what I see that to be is, you know, we are going to produce a quality product safely. Mm-hmm. That is our vision, you know, um, and there's no end and we're just going to continue to do that. We are going to produce a quality product safely. The goals might be, um, reduce injuries or, you know, improve training retention or mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Those are measurable, incremental steps that we can use to evaluate our progress t- toward this vision. But ultimately, you know, that's what we're trying, where we're trying to get, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in our world, and you just touched on it, either you are going forward or you're losing ground. There mm-hmm. is no, we're there, stop, Right. you know, because that's complacency. Yep. And then shit starts to happen yep. that's bad, you know? So you got to be going forward. And so I see, you know, I see, you know, as I consult with company, I see people that they have their program in place and they're, and they're content that they are where they need to be and they are losing ground. Mm-hmm. You know, they might be sliding or slipping, but they're losing ground because if you're not continually enhancing or tweaking or modifying or engaging with the employees, mm-hmm. building relationships and trust, you're going to lose that. Yep. Yep. It's really interesting to me. And
1: it's Yeah, it's a good point because they're going to be probably solely basing everything off of lagging indicators. Well, we're not mm-hmm. seeing recordable, so it has to be working. Yeah. And if that's what they want to think, that's great. But if you check your leading indicators, I guarantee you it's telling you a different story. That's exactly right. So, that is so yep.
0: astute, man, because, you know, this month we didn't have any injuries. So are we done? I mean, <laughs> we made I mean it. that's just a goal – that measures your progress toward the vision mm-hmm. but that's not the end it's not sustainable no it's not the i mean there's still more and like you said you could you know none of the leading indicators could be being met so that was just just some kind of an aberration almost you know or just mm-hmm. luck i'm not sure I, I believe in luck necessarily but but you didn't have a lot to do with that right, it doesn't yeah. sound like
1: it's super it'd be super inappropriate to just rely solely on lagging indicators and and because leading indicators is going to and I always tell that my team was really nervous about this whole scorecard for leading indicators. And I told them, I said, even if you had 20 recordables, if I'm seeing leading indicators that you're doing this, that, they're, like, that could save your job. That, mm-hmm. that validates you, what you're doing. Because things are going to happen. And we know that. And people in the safety world know that. And it's always hard for us to explain that to a plant manager, a VP, because that's not in their world. They want to see the number zero but these leading indicators
0: can really help validate everything Absolutely. that you're doing, totally even even in that. an off year. Well, this is like, <laughs> this was an argument I used to have all the time with OSHA. We were um, evaluated on the number of fatalities we had in the state of Nebraska. So, so that was one of the criteria. So we would be um, downgraded if the number of fatalities went up this year from last. Now, obviously, that was a tragedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did not want to see that, but... But to suggest that OSHA had control over that right. was really um, missing the point in mm-hmm. my in my opinion. So maybe last year we had eight fatalities that we were that were within our jurisdiction, and this year we've had eleven. So I'm gonna get downgraded for that. But we were doing just as much or more inspections. We were still doing outreach. We were working on new programs and all the you know, we're interacting with the community. But we had a negative finding, a mm-hmm. negative indicator and so everything went, to, was, you know, was bad. And I'm just, that's not true. Right. It's not real, you know. What you're talking about is real. These mm-hmm. are the things that we are doing proactively, you know. In spite the, of what yeah. it's saying. I mean, ultimately, we don't have some control over those things. Mm-hmm. But if you're do- doing the right things, you're doing those leading, proactive activities, you're much more likely to have the outcome you want. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to convey to somebody that's just a number cruncher. It's, it is because you
1: know? you know quality. It's it's like everything. With safety, is a little bit more unique. Quality is it's number based. So if you don't hit it, you don't achieve it. Yep, there is something wrong with quality. Mm-hmm. Um, customer service, delivery, all those have a it's a very linear. And so that that's that's what they want to do with root cause with injuries. They think safety is let's do a five Y. And we know that an incident is not linear. It's there's so many different contributing factors that led to that, and that's where I think um, we need to do a better job of communicating that. Like, say this isn't an excuse. These lagging, like what's happening, is real for lagging indicator purposes. Mm -hmm. However, I'm going to show you what we're doing ahead, just so that way you can see that we're trying to we're putting in as much effort as we can to reduce these. And so if they're – and now if they don't have any leading indicators shown, it's really hard to justify you being there if work comp uh, costs are skyrocketing, injuries are going up, you know. Yeah. So, I
0: mean, if that's the point, then maybe we need to regroup and take a different approach. I mean, if things have just gone totally off the rails. But if you give that time – because that does have an impact on culture. It does. And it does have an impact on attitudes. And that that will – you know, what, what I what was always frustrated by was I need this immediately. Mm-hmm. And, man, you don't change the culture of an organization in a, in a month, a year, yeah. even a few
1: years. I right. mean, it, it
0: is a time-intensive, unfortunately, process. Yeah.
1: When I got to Jack Links in 2019, we had um, 12 recordables that year after they had six, but they couldn't tell me. They had 22, then six, then I got there, and we had 12 which I told him, I said, if you don't know how you got down to six, then don't make that. And, and there was nothing I could go off of. I had to go off of solely on a very small OSHA um, 300 log. They didn't even have incidents um, tracked for me. So um, so we still see this this uptick. But then we start. We, we knew ahead of time now where these are going to be at. And we focused solely on those areas. And then we ended up with four last year. That's awesome, man. And, and But you're so right.
0: Like, I, that's a great point. Do not criticize my approach unless you can show me how you got here. Exactly. Yep. Or just otherwise, it's just completely yeah. arbitrary, or you know, good fortune mm-hmm. maybe, or something. Yeah.
1: So any, if or any advice for new and old safety people, rely on those leading indicators and show that to your whoever mm-hmm. you need to report to to say like, hey, we're doing we're doing these things, right? And sometimes you have to, you know, throw an audible out there and just be like, make a change. Right. That's fine. We have to be flexible.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it is. I mean, continuous improvement doesn't necessarily mean that everything that you do is going to be effective, right? You know, you're doing an evaluation. You're doing an assessment. You make some kind of a modification. You you implement it, and then yeah, you know, you see where it where it takes you. But yeah. there will be times when they don't always work. Yeah. some some work, some don't. <laughs> I it's probably had more that didn't work
1: than more that has. Mm-hmm. And the more that we have, we just continue to do it. And yeah, and yeah.
0: Do you have anything in mind on the board? You know, on the board that you're working on. Yeah. Um, you got something. That yeah, you're...
1: and I think we talked about this before, and. um and we kind of did a soft rollout, but we're gonna we're gonna be more focused on this this year. Is um, when people get injured, we what we tend to do is we we bring them up, we have them fill out a report. If it's not emergent, All right, how are you doing? All right, we'll send you back down. Um, but for some reason, when a forklift operator gets into an incident, whether it's small or big, pull them off, retrain them, go through the whole class with them, have that one person. And then send them back. And so we're trying to f- try something new where, you know, with the type of injuries, lacerations, ergo, and slip trips and falls, build up a small kind of training module for them. So if they come report a discomfort in their shoulder, uh, we have questions built in, like, hey, what were you doing? But then we have them kind of review this training, this video of, you know, what what could have led to this, you know, and this is how you can avoid this. This is what you should be doing mm-hmm. to um, – that will help combat that that discomfort, you know, some ice, some IV. Pro- so we put all that together um, to hopefully calm them down because it's like a five-minute video. They're not focused on answering questions. They're just looking at this, trying to learn, trying to reflect on what they are <clears throat> possibly doing, which helps us out, and hopefully then gives them some better um, tools to be using on the floor, understanding of postures and where they're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with slip trips and falls or lacerations. And so I think, I mean – it could work. We I don't think know. that's really good. Yeah. yeah. And so as we tend to do this a lot
0: with other things, so why not do it? for? Well, us? I think your comparison is absolutely correct. I mean, we, we dedicate a lot of time to that retraining that forklift person, uh, whether it was really a training issue or just a, you know, maybe a, just a bad decision yeah, or something, yeah. you know, but, but we do that a lot and, it, you know, the regulation even specifies that requirement, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, but yeah, you're right. I'm not aware that we that a lot of people do what you've just described. Yeah. You know, they just kinda like you said, Okay, uh, just, you know, let me, out. let me know if it gets worse or whatever, go back to work yeah. and off you go.
1: That perception of care is kinda gone then, and that's where people then sit and think like, Well, they don't really I mean it still hurts and they mm-hmm. they, they didn't give me a solution. Right. And so this where we have somebody who's a more of a medical professional saying this is what you should be doing if you mm-hmm. can. So it's not me mm-hmm. saying it. Would that be like a plant nurse or would you like send a nurse to yeah. the health? No. So we would something? have a, we have a nurse that kind of does a voiceover oh, yeah. for that information. Oh, yeah. So that way it's, it's something coming from a professional and then better. Um, like I said, for, for Ergos up better um, uh, decision-making tools for, mm. for their postures and where they're at. And it still gives us an opportunity to take a look at that and, and make suggestions with them alongside with them. But then for that moment right there,
0: what can they do right now? So yeah, I love yeah. that. We'll and see if so, it works. <laughs> so the take-home message is: you got to marry a psychologist. Yes. and <laughs> keep things simple. Yeah, keep things
1: simple. Basically, man. you and, have uh, to. Yeah,
0: but I think I think the whole idea of these leading indicators and being responsive to what's actually happening in your mm-hmm. facility—that's that's really important stuff, man. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's going well. Yeah, yeah don't worry about. Lockout tagout solely for <laughs> you know that well should, for the purposes of compromise. right that, yeah
1: if that's what your lagging indicators and leading indicators are showing is an issue then sure absolutely make that a priority but if mm-hmm. it's if you already had it, if it's already running smoothly mm-hmm. then you know go Let's, back you know you can look at it every so often but don't make that the main I've right. seen too many people focus so much on lockout tagout yeah. I'm sure you've heard people who've had the best lockout tagout
0: program oh yeah I've heard. 20 of them. So yeah, exactly. All the same. That's really good, man. <laughs> well, we're running up on our hour. That man. was really interesting. I mean, yeah. it goes so fast in large part because it's Friday afternoon and Friday afternoon. and we're just, and we're that just babbling. We babbling don't know what we're faith. talking about. No, man. No, that's really important stuff. And I think this is actually something that we should probably revisit at some point in the future yeah, because this is really important. So thank you very much for sharing that. It sounds like things are going well. Yeah. And uh, hopefully you can convey that to the the executive vice president. I hope so, man. I love it. <laughs> guys, thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. Um, your employees are worth it, you know, so keep up the good fight. And we are going to give you the information you need to do that, whether you want it or not. So that's how it's going to be. Um, thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Cody. Thank you. Talk to you later, guys. Bye-bye.
1: A Media Production.